don't forget popes are figureheads. They're controlled by the Curia, the College of Cardinals, and they in turn are controlled by big corporate money. You know, there's no more corrupt institution in history than the Vatican. And if you read any of their history, popes have been killing off popes going back 1500 years. I mean, it's nothing new at all for these palace coups to happen. Well, this is a case of the thieves falling out. They're turning on each other. They're blackmailing each other to save their own skins. And I think this is another example of how they, all the crows have come home to roost for, uh, for Francis. You know, in, in a wider sense, uh, this is a sign of, of deep, you know, spiritual sickness. And I think the advantage of all of this is that it's awakening people to the nature of this beast. The really bad stuff and the really good stuff is all surfacing at once. There's this real kind of uh, change happening, this, this fork in the road. With the global economy being in shambles and central bankers moving towards a reset, it's never been a better time to protect your wealth by owning precious metals. Contact Andy at milesfranklin.com. Tell him Sarah sent you. He promised me he will guarantee you the lowest price anywhere in the country. Remember, email Andy at milesfranklin.com and tell him Sarah sent you. It's never been a better time to protect your future than now. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have Kevin and Annette coming back, and we are going to talk about Pope Francis and the fact that we are seeing mass media reports now saying that Pope is going to step down before the end of 2020. And if you recall, I did a show with Kevin oh, almost two years ago, not quite, that just went viral. And once it reached about 700,000 views, uh, YouTube really put the brakes on that and made it so it was very difficult for people to be able to find it. And so consequently, it didn't get many views after that. But people also were saying that, you know, kind of uh, laughing at us that it's not true. But now look what's coming out. And I have been doing a little bit of research on that. And we're going to talk about it in the show. But I've been doing a little bit of research. And others that I've been talking to is saying that it's all tied to this reset and that they need somebody else in place to help coordinate this reset and that he isn't doing a good enough job. And we're going to talk about that and and maybe it's not even that he's not doing a good enough job he was just a placeholder until they got the person they wanted in there so we'll see the person that comes next is really telling and so we'll see what's going on i think that once it hits the mainstream newspapers in england it's usually pretty true i mean because they control that propaganda so they're putting up the messages so we'll see what really ends up happening and we're going to talk about that we're going to talk about more than just that we're going to talk about china and canada where Canada's at what's the likelihood that china is going to do more than just infiltrate in a soft coup in the united states but do more of a, a hot type coup and he, you know he doesn't think that'll happen but you don't know we're going to talk about that and then I wanted to tell you that I added these truth masks to my website. Many of you have known, if you listen to a lot of my shows, that I am harassed a lot for not wearing a mask. I actually have a, a valid reason because I get anxiety when my, my face is covered and I can't breathe. And so I have this medical card that Patrick Wood has. And so I get harassed all the time. People really don't care if you have a medical problem. They, I feel really discriminated against it. But that has made me even more passionate about the fact that these masks just freaking don't 
makes sense. They are worse for you than than any positive that could ever come out of it. Kids are getting bacterial infections and causing them to get pneumonia. And pneumonia is the number one death for children, number one disease that causes death. And so I started putting these truth masks together. And you see pictures that I put up uh, at the beginning, and I'll put up, up another one right now. And I am just... I'm just really hoping people use these as billboards because there's a lot of places. If you live in in areas of the country where it is complete uh, conformity and you're in in a invasion of the body snatchers type type environment, like I am, people will not even let you in certain stores. You are constantly harassed if you do not if you dare not to wear a mask. So people all comply. And so maybe those people that comply can get some courage and wear something like this. They're complying. They can't be kicked out of a store, but they're educating others. I'm really hoping we start to educate others with all this censorship that's going on. And if people start to uh, buy these and they're interested in them, I'll start doing other ones with different phrases that I think people will be interested in. There's different colors and options. So you can go under my shop and see it. It brings you to another site that I set up that sells it for me and does all that because I, I really can't manage a business like that. But it, it is a, um, a full-blown shop that'll take care of it and sh- uh, ship it for you. So I hope people are interested in that. And if you are a Patreon, you do save 20%. I have a 20% discount code for my patrons. I'm trying to make it uh, of value for you to support my show. And also people that support me on sarahwestall.tv. I do not have access yet to uh, give you discounts because there's no way to post yet. I'm trying to figure out how to do that. They are going to add that. I believe that's what they tell us. And so once they add that that service, I will be able to add discounts and stuff there as well. But at this point, I'm not able to unless I figure out another way of doing it. So let's get into my show now with Kevin Annette. Hi, Kevin. Welcome back to the program. Hi, Sarah. Good to be back. Well, you've had a lot lot going on in your life. And before we get into some things that you have going on, I want to talk about Pope Francis, because there has been some mass media reports now that Pope Francis is going to step down before this, the end of this year. We did a story or an interview almost uh, not quite two years ago that got a lot of views. It went viral and until YouTube decided it wasn't going to get any more views. It made it impossible for people to find. It almost you know, had seven, 800,000 views. But you were talking about how Pope Francis was going to step down. And you were ahead on that, but now we're getting mass media reports that this is kind of, this is going to happen. And it looks like it really is. Can you talk about what's built up to this and where, what you know about it? Yeah. Well, the first general point about this is that uh, Bergoglio, Pope Francis himself, who was never really in power, he's like the hand puppet that was brought in to distract people after Ratzinger was forced out, Pope Benedict, in February 2013. Now, as people who listen, uh, who've listened before probably know, that resignation was directly as a result of not only the common law court case we set up that indicted him and 29 others for these crimes against children and and humanity generally, but because of the intervention of the Spanish government. Uh, The Spanish ambassador to the Vatican, a guy called Eduardo uh, Borriega, he 
actually um, notified Ratzinger six days before he resigned that the Spanish government might lay charges against him if he came to Spain based on what they had seen on our docket of information. Well, what people don't know, and this came out recently, there was like a seven year statute of limitation on what we could release, but over seven years has passed now. And, and one of the things that happened is that Boriega, the Spanish ambassador, was actually working with the present Pope, um, Bergoglio, because it was a, pal a palace coup. They wanted to, you see, Bergoglio, the, the, the guy in now, represents the New World Order Agenda 2030 Pope. He's the one who's in, like, if you remember, he was at the UN three years ago and spoke to the US Congress. And he talked about uh, the need for one world government, one world church. Well, yep. Ratzinger represented more the old guard, the European mafia cardinals, right? Um, and, and he had to be forced out uh, as a result of the collusion of the Spanish government and our work, which, which basically they used as a leader to help put in their own guy. But of course it helped us too, because it shows citizens that they can bring this stuff to light and help force change. So it was kind of a two-edged sword. But the reality is that, the, that Bergoglio now has been in a very tenuous position, not only because of the intrigues within the Vatican and people, a lot of enemies he has trying to force him out. His own complicity in the Ninth Circle, in the uh, abduction and killing of children on Argentina during the military junta, his, tied, his ties with the Dutch royal family, uh, the present queen of the Netherlands with which he's been involved in an intimate relationship for a number of years. Um, he's even been paying her regularly. Uh, all of that was brought up by the Dutch journalist, Ellis Sturr. And uh, if people go to murderbydecree.com, you can see a lot of this. So, you know, Bergoglio has had a really, he's been under fire a lot. And there were two attempts to arrest him, if you recall, by common law sheriffs in Europe acting on our uh, standing arrest warrants against him and Ratzinger. So he's been beleaguered for sure. But I think what this indicates, you know, talk about his resignation now, um, obviously there's stuff going on related to the, the global, you know, COVID police state, which uh, requires another shift. And I don't want to predict too much of what, you know, why that is. That's exactly. But I think it's very much tied. Yeah, it's very much tied to current events and an accumulation of the fact that, you know, he's um, lost the confidence, obviously, the College of Cardinals, because don't forget, popes are figureheads. They're controlled by the curia, the College of Cardinals. And they, in turn, are controlled by big corporate money, of course. So I think it's a sign of the uncertainty of the times and the instability of this whole COVID police state. Um, you know, the extent of opposition to it and everything, it's obviously affected, you know, the Vatican politics as well. Well, I've been hearing that it's actually planned and that they need him to step aside because they have other people they've been planning to get into positions of power to take this whole global reset to the next level but I don't know how I can vet some of that stuff, you know? So I just get, talk to people and share information as good as I, as best I can. But that's what I've been hearing. What do you think of that? Well, in general terms, that's always the case. You know, these things don't just happen it, it, because, you know, there's no more corrupt institution in history than the Vatican. And if you read any of their history, popes have been killing off popes going back 1500 years. I mean, it's nothing new at all for these palace coups to happen. But the real question is what's behind it right now? Uh, I think, like I said, I think it's a sign of the instability of the times where, um, you know, it, within any system of power, you've got factions. There's no such thing as kind of a uniform elite that run the world. There's all sorts of faction fights going on all the time. 
And we know that in Europe, I, and I think one of the things that will come out, because these things always do eventually, his ties with the Dutch royal family have gotten in, into a lot of trouble um, because the, um, the, the present queen of the Netherlands, Maxime Mazoriega, she's Argentine. Her father was in the military junta and was good buddies with, with Bergoglio, uh, Francis. And uh, they made, they, you see, they, back in the 80s during the dirty wars when the military government junta were killing off thousands of their own citizens, they were grabbing their children. And like the Catholic did, uh, church did in, in, uh, under the Franco regime in Spain, they were trafficking thousands of these children for a lot of money. And Bergoglio was the one responsible for it. Well, obviously, Maxima Zariega has a lot of dirt on him. And when the, when, if you remember over the last number of years, when the truth of the ninth circle sacrificial cult came out, she, you know, the Dutch royal family, the English, the Belgians, they were all directly named by eyewitnesses. Well, this is a case of the thieves falling out. They're turning on each other. They're blackmailing each other to save their own skins. And I think this is another example of how they, all the crows have come home to roost for, uh, for Francis. Well, that's a better sign than what I was saying, which is they're purposely taking them out because because they're looking to put somebody more powerful in and Francis knows that and it's, it's part of their agenda. That's like a planned agenda that's been going on for a while. That's worse than what you're saying where it's a natural evolution of him being a bad guy and people realizing it and he's leaving because of that. Well, yeah, and don't forget, you know, and you see this all over the world. I've had this uh, experience working in the Aboriginal world in Canada over many years, they always, the chiefs that run the local reservation are always the most corrupt because that way the government can control them. They've got a lot of dirt on them and they'll do exactly what they're told. You always have to put criminals into power for that reason. If you're the big money behind the throne controlling everything, because you know you can blackmail the person to do exactly what you want. Well, there's no one more dirtier individual on the planet than Jorge Bogolio. And that's why he needs the smiley, frank, uh, grandfather-like figure naming himself after Francis of Assisi. I mean, it, the whole thing was such an obvious spin operation. But again, you can just do that for so long. And it's like a smear campaign. It actually, uh, over the long run, the more you talk about this stuff, eventually it all comes out. And, um, you know, so I think that that's what's happening with him personally. But again, the question is not so much him as, or who, who replaces him. Exactly. Uh, yeah. It, it's really the system we're talking about. And as we know, the Vatican is a, is a convicted criminal body, as is the Crown of England and these churches and all the other groups that we've convicted. And, you know, what, what I say to people nowadays is that's the reason why we can say no and walk away from their, their dictatorial, you know, dictatorial uh, orders because they're criminal bodies. And under international law, you know, we have the right to, to seize the property and the assets of the Catholic Church because they're convicted genocidal child killing institution that is uh well said and and i think your what people are seeing or feeling is that they're just so disgusted by what they're seeing that they're tired of it and they want it to end they're just completely disgusted and that's what uh, you know they're trying to manage that pr problem yeah and and that's the absurdity of what they're trying to do because you can only do that so long as you, you know, what, it's what happens when empires fall apart. Um, the, you, there's no way to stop it. And people vote with their feet. Like an example of that was a few years ago, uh, Bergoglio went to Ireland, you know, one of the quote, most loyal Catholic countries in the world. 
And the turnout for his, from all the Catholics in the country was about 5% of what they figured it would be. It was like, you know, they were expecting half a million people and something like 20,000 showed up. So, you know, and if that's going on in Ireland, same thing happened in Chile when he went there. He sparked a riot a few years ago and he went to Chile. There were protests all over the country about him. Um, and the Mapuche Indians uh, burned down 23 Catholic churches when he came to the country. There was like, and this, this is what he sparks when he goes around the country because he's got so much dirt attached People to him. People just so, know. You know, the, yeah, and they got to force out the bad apples like why they got rid of Nixon because, you know, he was too much of a wild card and they had to, uh, you know, save face and, and save the other people who would be named if he went down. And that's the other reason they got rid of Ratzinger because the whole Ninth Circle thing that he's been involved with since he was a kid has been, you know, would have been come out in, in, in a big way if he had stayed on. Well, but I think the biggest part that you brought up and that, that I actually was referring to is what's coming next and w which could be worse than if it's yeah. impossible, you know, because you just bring in another bad guy that has power and it's, they'll, he helps implement their plan. Yeah, well, I think that, you know, the plan of a one world religion, one world corporation, it's, it's, that's the general plan going ahead. And uh, he probably hasn't been able to do it up to the specifications of the, you know, the corporatocracy. They're bringing in somebody else who will. Um, but, you know, in, in a wider sense, uh, this is a sign of, of deep, you know, spiritual sickness. And I think yes. the advantage of all of this is that it's awakening people to the nature of this beast. And people are leaving the churches en masse. I know that for a fact. You go to any cathedral on a Sunday morning and look, you know, there's nobody there anymore. So uh, that's all a good sign. And it's, it's a sign of what's going on, sir, all over the world where the really bad stuff and the really good stuff is all surfacing at once. There's this real kind of uh, change happening, this, this fork in the road, you know. Yeah, and I've had people say that there's a big separation between the people too, the people who see the really good stuff and the people who are still stuck in that old system and can't get mm -hmm. mentally see it. And that that's where the fork in the road really is. Yeah, I think the word separation is really accurate. And I mean, that's first seen in, in biblically, you know, it's first seen in a lot of ways that there's a separation historically that happens and there's an, a new world arising and this old one, the people who is in, even in their own minds identify with the old system, they'll go down with it. And it's a birth process, right? And that birth is always kind of very painful and bloody, but it's, it's birth nonetheless, right? Yeah, it'll be interesting where it goes because uh, I just, it could be very bloody and a lot of people could die in the process. And I'm hoping that that doesn't happen. What do you see happening in where you are? Because, you know, I've just interviewed um, uh, Kyle Kemper, who is the brother of Justin Trudeau. And I also interviewed Amina uh, Matola, Matala and uh, General Valley, who she's working with. And they've been doing a lot of um, investigations into Canada and what's really going on with the Chinese troops and so forth. But you have your own intel that is, is in some ways superior and they have details that you don't have, but you always are ahead of the crowd. And so I'd like to know what you're seeing right now. Cause from my perspective, I think Canada is essentially fallen. I mean, I'm being yeah. honest with you. I, oh, yeah. I think Justin Trudeau is completely fallen. Um, even his brother, as much as he still loves him, he knows that there's, uh, he, he knows. I'm just going to say yeah. he knows, right? Well, and he's a good guy, but go ahead. Yeah. 
here's what's been happening. I mean, since COVID came in in March, I really focused this entire last year has been going across Canada, uh, which is what we call Canada now. We're under a different jurisdiction of a republic that was established five years ago. We've been or organizing these republic assemblies right across the country. I started on the West Coast. We've organized a total of over 50 of them. But of those 50, probably two thirds of them have been wiped out. And especially on the West Coast, like we would gather people together, they agree with the whole program and vision of the Republic. They sign a charter, they form a local assembly. We say to the police, we are our own self-governing assembly. We passed a law in September, which actually struck down all the COVID measures. It said it's illegal to impose distancing, masking, quarantining, vaccinations. And um, the police even responded. They've even worked with us. We began to gain momentum. But in almost every assembly, especially in the West Coast, five on Vancouver Island, they're all gone now because basically the Mounties working with the Chinese send in their people to disrupt the, you know, the usual kind of black ops, the FBI call it bad jacketing. You know, you smear and attack the most effective organizers, you, you start rumors and, and it works effectively every time. Um, and we can, I can give you details of all of that. But the point is, is that it really happened on the West Coast because that's where China has established itself. We've filmed Chinese troops doing maneuvers, naval and, and infantry maneuvers on Vancouver Island in the Gulf Islands. Um, they are basically running northern British Columbia through the superport of Prince Rupert, which has been bringing in illegal uh, Chinese colonists for over a decade. Uh, a lot of the missing native people up north, they call it the Highway of Tears. There was kind of a pseudo inquiry that Trudeau ran to cover up a lot of the stuff. But a lot of the native families going missing are targeted by death squads funded by the Chinese and the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. And people have documented this. They talk openly about it. Everybody knows about it up there. But everyone is so terrified because the Chinese are in the saddle. Um, even the head of the Canadian Security Intelligence Service 10 years ago, a guy called Richard Fadden, he said publicly that the Chinese government has taken over the British Columbia government. They're running all of their ministries behind the scenes, especially the forestries and minerals and all that that they need so badly. So um, then he was fattened, then stepped uh, down from his position about a month later. He was forced out after saying that. Trudeau, when he came in, the very first thing he did is allowed China to station security troops on Canadian soil. The Foreign Investment Protection Act, he removed all restriction on Chinese investment in Canada. Um, and he's been personally named in lawsuits where he was given the go-ahead for all of this to happen, including the disappearance of and wiping out of native people all over the coast, because that's, of course, what you need to do to grab the land and resources. So, you know, this has been the topic of a lot of the work we've been doing. Our attempts to counter that on the ground have been seriously assaulted. And, um, you know, following the standard game plan that goes back 20 years, they were using the same methods against our campaign about the residential school genocide, exactly the same methods they're using today, even the same smears and images of me and, and lies about what I'm doing. They just recycled it from 20 years ago. Well, because it, it works, right? Yeah. It scares people away because they don't want to be involved with somebody who might be a little nuts. And that's so they try to make you out to be nuts. But you're, you've been, that's why I wanted to bring up the, the Pope Francis stepping down is because you have been so right on over and over and you're, you're sticking with what you know and your integrity. You don't veer from that. And, but people are afraid. Well, that's the thing, sir. It's not even about nuts because they don't use that thing on me anymore because all of the stuff I brought out, the evidence on murderbydecree.com, 
it's all been proven. So they can't say he's crazy. What they do say, and this is what the operatives did when they went into our assemblies and split them within a few days, I uh, got people to drop away. They said, your life is in danger if you work with mm. Kevin Annett and the Republic of Canada. They've taken it up a notch. Yeah, they, what, and as a matter of fact, we know that operatives and the police have come into assemblies, and we know this from people who were in on the meetings, and they said, look, if you disobey COVID, you could go to jail. We'll, we'll prevent that from happening if you work with us. If you get rid of Kevin Annett, cut ties with the Republic, and just stay, just do, you know, education on common law and occasional protests. That's all fine. But we can't have you building this Republic. This is like an, uh, giving self-governance back to people, right? They're governing themselves through their own assembly. They don't want that. So they threaten not. them, they make them deals, you know, just like they do with the native chiefs all the time, you know, sell out your own people, you get a bit of money. I mean, it's the oldest game in the world, right? Well, but you guys have a bigger issue there. My understanding is that in Vancouver, it's not just, and I want to address this a little bit with you and what you've been seeing, is that it's infiltrated heavily by the Chinese mafia, not just their, their troops. What have you seen? Is it really that thug mafia group as well as the troops or... Oh, yeah. I mean, what's the right? Go ahead. It, it's it's like you know, in The Godfather, when they the, the uh, young Michael Corleone says, you know, another twenty years, we're gonna the family's gonna be totally legitimate, right? And and that's exactly what's happened. Like the triad, the Chinese, uh, you know, criminal bodies, they've been running Bang, the Vancouver uh, waterfront and drug trade for decades. And, you know, one of the first things I noticed as a minister, a street minister back in the 80s was the drug dealing was going on literally on the front steps of the Vancouver Police Department at the corner of Maine and Hastings, kind of the center of Skid Row. And, um, you know, be, because the Vancouver Police have worked for many years for the triad, uh, they attacked the competitors, you know, the Latin American gangs and others had come in, the police arrest them, drive them away, murder them, do whatever, because then they're, they're in the pay of triad. Well, Triad then brought in the huge um, takeover uh, of Chinese money of the whole real estate sector. Vancouver is now the third most expensive city in the world to live in. You know, it's like $2,000 for a one-bedroom apartment, a little shoebox. It, and it was never that way because, you know, Chinese real estate interests now own the whole West Coast. And, and so there's this merger between Triad, the real offshore money, um, you know, the, the big corporate interest. We also found out, here's another uh, segue into the whole thing of, of, of the ongoing genocide, is the very general, and I've got to dig up his name, I keep forgetting it, but he sat on the, he was head of the Chinese military that were running the prisons in Beijing and other places where they were trafficking human organs. Mm -hmm. And thousands of people every year they kill for their organs. Well, this same guy sits on the board of directors of the main PetroChina, owns the liquid natural gas sites all over British Columbia. And if you trace where all of the native women have gone missing, it's right along these liquid natural gas sites. And the very guy running the company is this general who was involved in the organ trafficking. The early reports that came out of uh, when the women were found dead is that they were missing organs, but that got scrubbed out of the police reports, of and media reports. And so we know that, that that's a factor here too. So it's, it's rampant criminality, but it's like what we said three years ago when we issued this report to the world about the continuity of genocide in Canada. It's just the same old shit that happened. It's just got a new face, new money. You know, it used to be the British and the Americans, the churches, they're all still all involved, but now the major rising force in the world is China. And they effectively own, especially Western Canada, but I mean, it extends everywhere across the country. 
Well, do you see the same the same brutal globalist behind them? Or they just use different tools and, and they find bad guys that are just willing to be the accomplices because they feel they benefit from it. So the globalists just move on to whoever they want to use as willing accomplices. Basically, I mean, it's the same process, no matter what flag you wave. But, um, you know, the thing, of course, is that the BRICS alliance is is kind of the, the counterpole to the, the Western money, the World Bank, you know, kind of the one world government thing. And um, China is, you know, major force in the BRICS. But, of course, their tradition has nothing to do, at least in the West, you have this tradition of Magna Carta and common law separation of church and state, self-governance, the idea in America that people can govern themselves. There's none of that in China. In the Maoist and Mandarin tradition going That's back terrible. 2,000 years, they don't understand about even the idea that people should think for themselves. I remember a friend of mine taught um, Chinese immigrant students in Nanaimo, and she said she would catch them plagiarizing all the time. And she tried to explain to them on exams, you can't copy out answers from somebody else. And they didn't understand that because the way they were taught in China is that there's one source of authority, the teacher. They tell you everything that's true. You copy it down and just repeat it. You can't think for yourself. There's no Socratic kind of question and answer process in, in the West where we find truth through, you know, common law court precedent or debate or any of that. That's not in the, in the Chinese corporate thinking. Uh, so when they come in, naturally, one of the reasons they're attacking our assemblies is they don't want any semblance of self-governance or common law or any of that Western tradition of of you know of democracy and all of that stuff i mean it's it's poison to what they're doing right what does it scare you that people are seeing their way of structuring their society as more advanced from having a self-governing group i mean they they really do think that you know they they're starting to or what they're doing is saying that their socialist taking care of everybody is more advanced than thinking for yourself and being independent and i i think they're screwing that up because they're not understanding yeah. that's what's coming with that chinese behavior is extreme brutality and tyranny well, it's kind of like any ideology, you know, it has its its liberation aspect and its totalitarian aspect. And whether it, the old designations of right and left don't mean anything anymore, because you've got yep. this, this, this symptom, whether it's fascist or what people call communist or whatever, it's the idea that the state is supreme, you don't question, you obey. It's the corporate model, the corporatocracy. In fact, the Vatican modeled it, the Roman Catholic Church has been the model of that over thousands of years. I remember, um, uh, Pope Pius XXII at the time of Hitler said uh, he was the first power in the world to recognize Hitler diplomatically. And he said, fascism is the social program of the Catholic church, right? Like, mm -hmm. I mean, the idea you've got the super state and everybody obeys it and there's no dissent, like what you've got with the whole COVID police state, because genocide is always described in terms of public health issues, right? When they brought in the Indian schools and hospitals, they said, well, we've got to save these savages because they're so unclean and disease-ridden. All of this public health emergencies are the perfect way for a police state to be imposed because nobody wants to challenge it. Because then you see how people turn on each other when they don't wear masks. It's a brilliant means to get people to police themselves. You know, we brought this into ourselves because of our, our you know, uh, fear. And we, there's no other model at work. I mean, I, I say to people, we don't have to go along with these laws if we choose not to. They say, what? We can't dissent. What are you talking about? I mean, that's kind of an American idea, but up in Canada, we, we you know, we, we looked at the state. We looked 
to the government to take care of us, right? I mean, that's what one of the other reasons our assemblies haven't caught on is, you know, people, you know, put their foot in the water and then they say, oh, you mean we have to challenge the state and they pull back. And um, that we see time and again, it isn't just infiltrators that destroy these groups, right? Well, it's very disappointing that they can't think through, critically think through that the state is acting nefariously because you would not implement things where 14 times, so that's the numbers I'm getting out of Canada, 14 times more people are dying from the mandates than they actually are from this virus. A state that cares about you that you can actually count on would not do that. You cannot count on something like that. The only way for your self-preservation is to separate yourself from that. That's the logical uh, critically thinking smart thing to do and people are not getting there mentally and that's what scares me well it, it's the way you know they're there in the abstract i mean i've got you know the number of people i've spoken to this year many many hundreds that i've worked with actively on this stuff we we have never had such a good response uh, in 20 years to the work that i had initially with this there were hundreds of people writing and wanting to volunteer, sign up as citizens, take a pledge to the Republic, disavow the allegiance to the crown, all of that. Even police were wanting to do it, right? And um, and then they get to the point of, okay, but now you have to enforce these laws. When we pass a law in our assembly, you have to go out in the world and enforce it and tell the police to stand down and take an oath to the Republic and do all of this stuff that you guys did in 1776, right? And Ireland did in 1916. I mean, you just break ties and set up your own governance. And it's, it's such a foreign idea to Canadians. It's, it's, it's like pulling teeth. They say, well, you tried, Kevin, and we'll see what happens kind of attitude, right? <laughs> well, but it, it is that, but I think it's, it's backed by fear, right? Now, if they're yeah. telling people that if you do this, we will kill you, then people are fearful. And there's a point where we have to say, okay, when this many more people are dying from you, what you're doing, than what we could do for ourselves there's a point where we put the draw the sand in the line and I don't know draw the line in the sand I don't know where that point is where will people get to that point there still are a lot of people who are snowed who actually believe what these people are saying but oh, yeah. but for the rest of them they know that there's this is really serious you know where is that line going to be drawn I in the United States I I'm if if Trump gets out of office and Biden who is really he's like a Justin Trudeau he's going to be full blown in that direction. That might be the line in the sand. I don't know. There have been thousands of people protesting, but that's all they know. Their mind is riveted on this old method of protest. Protest doesn't work when, you know, the system is not going to respond. In fact, all you're doing by going on a protest these days is putting your face on the camera and saying, hi, here I am. Um, and what we say to people is that it's, it's based on the old idea that you're handing away your authority to somebody else. And like Sun Tzu says in The Art of War, you establish the ground, you make your enemy come to you, you win the battle. And we found that in the genocide campaign, we defined the term, they eventually had to come around and acknowledge this stuff. It's the same time now, right? That we don't go to the state for anything. We establish new governance. And that's true in the States too. I mean, these assemblies, I get constant calls from people in America saying, you know, how do we do this? How do we reclaim our Republic? I say, you just start in your own neighborhood. You start with the people you know, and you, t you, you know, you build your power that way. So, I mean, it's an old idea. But you're saying we don't even have to use, because a lot of people are saying, well, we should just use common law, but you got to follow the, the process that works. But you're saying that these people are so illegitimate 
that we can just put our stake in the ground and say, we screw your process. We just want to create our thing. That's what you're saying. Well, that's, that's an old practice in common law. And I remember uh, John Adams and Thomas Paine and all the you know, leaders in the American Revolution always said the same thing. They said, look, if the authorities are not going to be answerable, we owe nothing to them. It's like, you know, a contract. If you're not going to be responsive to the people, we owe nothing to you and we can walk from you. Uh, an unjust law is not law, but tyranny. That's an old idea going back to Plato, right? I mean, you know, so that's just common sense. And somebody in our movement came up with this great slogan the other day. Uh, he said, it was common sense, common ground, common law. And that to me is sums it up because we all know from our common sense that we, ca we cannot be subject to anything that's harming our children, our lives, taking away our liberties without justification. Even if there was justification, it, it, they wouldn't have the right to do that. We impose this dictatorship on ourselves by going along with it, you know, and that's the point. We've got to stop going along with it. I agree. Well, one thing that we're hearing in the United States is that, that China keeps continuing to surround us. You know, Canada's already there. I mean, they're infiltrated, but, and they're infiltrated here in our power organizations. You know, our corporations, our, our um, schools, things like that. But the military isn't here and all over the place. They might be on some uh, reservations, but we're hearing 100,000 troops in Panama. We're hearing troops off the coast. We're hearing them in Canada. What do you hear about what China wants to do to the United States? Are they going to do, I mean, what do you think is going to happen? Well, don't forget, you got to understand like where the source of these rumors are coming from because if you want to take over a country you've got to terrorize people so for all i know china themselves are circulating these rumors to get everybody so terrified they think it's over they can't do anything hitler used that technique long before he invaded a country he they're called fifth columnists people within a country to so demoralize people that they give up without a shot and so uh, it, it's kind of like all the grisly stories of child sacrifice and that part of that is designed to so people that they can't do anything about it so you got to be um, think here for a minute. Does China really need to use their troops at this point? They own most of the American debt. They own most of the economy in Canada and a big chunks of it in, in in America. When you bring in troops, all that does is rally opposition, and they are smart. They the Vietnamese won in uh, you know North Vietnamese won the war against America because they were they read Sun Tzu. They, they know that you don't defeat a bigger enemy by attacking them, but by getting them to destroy themselves. And look at the civil war in America right now. It's, it's funded by China. It doesn't really even matter what side you're on. The point is America's ripping itself to pieces and they're gonna pick up the pieces. So, I mean, we, we, we gotta think all the time that strategically that, you know, people, we still outnumber them if people will stop fighting each other and unite on a very simple patriotic basis you know, restore the Republic, get rid of this foreign control, this corporatocracy that's being imposed. And it, it's a Chinese model. It's a Vatican model. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, and going back to Bergoglio and Francis, there could very easily be a Chinese allied Pope being put in because don't forget a lot of the Vatican money has been going towards the BRICS alliance and China, this could be a, a coup on the part of China to put one of their boys into, into, in the, you know, the Vatican. So uh, in the papal seat. So it could very well be that too, because there, China is making the big power grab all over the world, including in Rome, I'm sure. Well, and I, I really uh, 
take your point to heart as far as what we need to be focusing on because I just did a good show with General Bally and and the point of that was you shouldn't you shouldn't be too concerned about the Chinese troops because our military can handle that it's not that it's getting the Chinese influence out of our country getting rid of uh, section 230 of the you know making sure these high-tech companies stop tyranny against us our first amendment and then uh, making sure that our elections are fair and clean. I mean, you can't just appoint whoever you want in your elections. So we have these things that we need to do to restore our republic. I mean, those are the three most important things that if you can't unite over that, then we don't have a republic. You have to be able to unite and not just conservatives or what. I think it's all people that, yep. I mean, if we can't drop- see that, go ahead. Yeah, we got to drop the the political designations, the the party designations, yes. and unite on a new basis. And that's what I think a lot of people are coming to that. The, the great example I remember about that, I think I've talked about this before, but in Pennsylvania, um, they the citizens there, Republican and Democrat, united and brought in a home rule law, which banned um, frack uh, the, the dumping of frack wastewater onto their land, right? And they brought in their own law that that defied the Pennsylvania Supreme Court and state, and they won it eventually. They kept them out, but that's only because there's 700 residents united in these, this assembly that passed their own law, like what we're trying to do all the time, right? And yes. they forgot about, you know, whether they were blue or red, they were just united to defend their land yes. and their, their children's health. And that's a model of what we all have to be doing. It's a, you're just so right on that. The forgetting about blue and red. I mean, my God, our whole country is on the line here. People are dying in mass, you know, around the world because of the shutdown of the, the food, the global supply chains and stuff. And then we also have this serious problems in our country and, and in Canada. If we can't unite over that, my gosh, and they're playing games with us. They're, the media is lying 24 seven. Oh, yeah. Well, who owns the media? That's I mean, exact. Goes back to China very many times. Well, but- it goes back to, I think it goes back to the globalists. I think the globalists are yeah. behind China. Yeah. You know, well, those families. Don't forget, too, the American flag is both red and blue. <laughs> it's not one or the other. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So, how do people learn more about you? I mean, a lot of my listeners already know about you, but how do people learn more about what you're doing? Um, you know, I, and I know you've been, before we get into that, can you talk a little bit about you? I don't want you to go into too much detail or whatever detail you feel comfortable with but about what you've been doing and how, you know, some of the struggles uh, personally that you're having because of their uh, attacks on you. Well, you know, it goes, it goes back so many years. It, the best way I can summarize it is to show to people that if you don't give up, you've got incredible power and they can't touch you after a while. Like I noticed that when these smear attacks come, they only happened when I wasn't present physically. When I'm there, nobody dares to do this because, I don't know, you gain a certain power and light around you when you show them you're not afraid and they can't touch you. They only operate when you're in their sphere. They're, 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 um, they control through fear and ignorance. And when you stand outside that on your own experience, they really don't have any power over you. So, um, you know, you people go to murderbydecree.com. You'll see a lot of the history there. I uh, really want to point people to our Republic site, a Republic of Canada. K-A-N-A-T-A, republicofcanada.ca. That's the work we're doing on the ground. Um, and write to me. I've got a new email. I don't know it's, if you have it, but angelfire101 at protonmail.com. 
and um, I do a lot of local organizing, speaking with people and, and um, you know, you, you got to just show people that you're not afraid and lead by example. And that really sparks it in other people as well when you're able to do that. I think you're right. I, and the courage is what we need, isn't it? Yeah, lead by example, not with words, because, you know, words are can be really powerful at times, but they're always looking to see who's going to break the ice. I remember the best example of that, one of the first churches we occupied, you know, when we we're campaigning about the, the mass murder of these Indian children, we went into the biggest Catholic, Catholic cathedral in Vancouver, and there was me and 50 or so people, a lot of them native, and I remember walking up to the front door on a Sunday morning, it was standing wide open, and we had kind of unseen support with us that day because the cops weren't there, which they normally were. The door was just standing open and we had our banners about the missing children and everything. And I walked to the front door and it felt like there was this hand pushing me back, right? Literally um, some kind of force trying to keep us out. And I had to f consciously break through that and push back and say, no, we're coming in. And as soon as I did that, it was like the whole atmosphere changed, boom. And we all walked in and reclaimed that space. And wow. that next, that's the thing that really uh, was a stone in Goliath's head because the next week the government started talking about apologies and, you know, investigations of mass graves. And that's really the, that one action. It was kind of like counting coup, you know, you run up and, uh, you know, the Plains Indians method of uh, you ride unarmed up to your enemy with a coup stick and, and, and kind of nudge them. Uh, and right away again to show that you're braver than they are. You're unarmed and you're not afraid of them. Right. And that counting coup, you take the power of your enemy that way. And that's really what we did and what we keep doing all the time. And that's why they have to try to bury the memory of people like us. Right. Uh, me and others who, who have done this successfully, because all the power is in us. We have this ability, but we're like a sleeping giant a lot of the time. Right. Yeah, we really are. Well, thank you so much, Kevin. Tell us your websites again and where they can get hold of you. And I just am so happy that you came back on. I'm, I'm glad too, Sarah. It's been a while. Um, Murderbydecree.com, republicofkanata.ca, and uh, angelfire101 at protonmail.com. Excellent. Thank you so much, Kevin. Thank you, Sarah.